The rusted chains of prison moons are shattered by the sun. I walk a road, horizons change, the tournament's begun. The purple piper plays his tune, the choir softly sing three lullabies in an ancient tongue for the court of the Crypto Queen. And with a fond nod to King Crimson, one of my favorite bands. Today, we welcome our favorite Irish crypto enthusiast, Jillian Godsell, to the show. Known to some as the Crypto Queen, ah, there's the connection. Jillian's made a mark in the crypto world through her writings, speeches, and leadership. We discuss the importance of having women in blockchain and toss in a few bad Irish accents. Well, ours are bad. Hers is real. It's the top of the morning and kiss our blarney stones. Episode number 284 of the really, really bad crypto podcast. to tell you, Mr. Jolcom, I'll not be kissing your Blarney Stones. <laughs> That's very inappropriate for you to ask me that. You know, I was in Ireland for the first time last year. I don't year. care, Mr. Jolcom, very inappropriate. <laughs> and just go. I'm, I am extremely offended. Hey, go have a, a Guinness. Re, I say. Re. Have a Guinness stout and shut up for a second. <laughs> may I have a Guinness beef stew? Yes, you may. It's some meat re, pie. Re, I shall. Re. We went to, the, uh, to see the Blarney Stone. It was two hours to get into the castle and then another two-hour line to kiss the stone i said you can kiss my you know that i i wasn't gonna wait that long to put my lips on a piece of rock that's you know had a million other people <laughs> it's like it seems to me though this is where you go to get a communicable disease <laughs> it's the blarney stone. <laughs> come to the blarney stone and get your std <laughs> uh, pdq Oh, welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. What a beautiful country, it though. Is, beautiful country. It is a beautiful country for the Irish curious and the Irish serious. And uh, we've got... Nice as the bad Irish accent podcast. Jillian is delightful. Uh, she's really got a lot to say. Very prolific. Has been in the blockchain and the PR space for a long time. So I think that you are all going to really enjoyify our discussion. But first, a shout out to our show sponsor, Mr. Travis Wright. Who in the world is CCP Digital? CCP Digital is a digital marketing agency for all your digital marketing needs. If you need advertising on the Googles, on YouTube, on Facebook, Instagram, any of those platforms, CCP Digital can help take your brand to the next level by getting in front of your ideal targets. That's what's important is getting in front of the people who are going to buy your product or service. So go check it out, ccp.digital. Get in front of all the little people there, Mr. Travis Wright. You know, I re- what was that? That was an old Disney movie where like this like um like there was like a little Irish dude and it was it was not Gulliver Travels but it was like some other little Yeah, do- it was it Irish- was uh, Dobie Gillis. That was no. what it was. Wow, that's like some some from like my three year old brain. Yeah, no, back. no, not Dob- I, Darby O'Gill. That was it. Darby O'Gill, Darby O'Gill. and the little people. Okay. That was it. And the little people. Yeah. Wow. That that was weird. That was like a weird reference. Darby O'Gill and the little people. That is exactly what it is. Nineteen fifty nine production. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember seeing it when I was a Did little kid. Did you Google that Crazy. or Duck Duck Go it? That's what I want to know. 
Oh, I DuckDuckGo. I have DuckDuckGo as my default. Did I say no, Google? I just wanted to know. How, I looked it up on DuckDuckGo. I just actually I looked it up on Bing. I, I stand corrected. I did not look it up on the Googles though, because all of my all of my default searches are are either Bing or DuckDuckGo. I, I no longer search. Have you Google. fully moved to the Brave browser? Um, no, because there's some sites that, you know, the JavaScript sort of kills the site. And so I spend about 50% of my time there. I'm trying to wean off of Chrome. I did get rid of Google Fiber from my home. So I no longer have Google there. I don't have an Android device. Uh, I do have an Android device, but I don't, I don't necessarily use it as my main device, but I have one just to, to play with, but it's not my main, not my main. So, so I'm trying to get as de-Google-ify as much as much well, possible. Let's talk more about all those good things after the interview with the crypto queen, Jillian Godsell. And I think we are about to break new ground today that this might be in all of the recordings we've done in two years of bad crypto, the first woman from Ireland is joining us. Uh, Her name is Jillian Godsell. She's a blockchain advocate, founder, conference chair, woman in blockchain advocate, keynote speaker, crypto journalist, broadcaster, CEO, writer, homelessness advocate, former MEP, a law changer, a mother, which might be the hardest job of all, a choir member, a hill walker, and a dreamer. She's here to talk all things blockchain with us. Jillian, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, where are you joining us from? I am uh, joining you from, I'm actually outside Dublin. I'm further south. I live in a very, very pretty village, a very small village called Cool Boy. Um, And I live in a very old cottage, but it's been done up, so it's it's nice and modern. And the best thing of all, the village is a very friendly little village, tiny little village, and I'm about 50 yards from the pub. Oh, well, p- perfect. <laughs> That's important. That is important very, when you're in Ireland. I don't, I don't use it enough, I have to say, but it's a right. lovely pub, very friendly. 50 yards there, 50 yards back, or maybe 60 yards back if I... That's great. Is that long. sunshine? Is that sunshine behind you? Yes, we are having some nice weather. It's uh, nice. Yeah, unusual. I did not... I was in Dublin. I was in Ireland, I think, four days. I saw no sunshine. <laughs> well, we have a lot of rain. That's why we're so green. We are a very green country, and to be green, you need rain. So, and, and we, do you know what happens too as well? Often happens. Like this morning, I got up early. I went for a walk because I live in a very hilly part of the countryside. It's very beautiful. The sun is beautiful, and by about nine o'clock, the clouds tend to come in a bit, and then it might rain. So you have to be an early bird to get the sun. That's why Ireland. you got to be like, all right, let's go to the pub. Yeah, exactly. I was in Ireland for the first time last year. I was invited to speak in Dublin, and then uh, we hired a driver to take us around uh, the island, and, and we went. Of course, he, he took us to the Blarney Stone, and then it was a two-hour wait to get in and another two hours to kiss the stone, and I said, you can kiss my – and yeah, so that was <laughs> – there was no Blarney Stone, but we went to Killarney and went out to the west you know, coast, and it was absolutely lovely. The people were lovely. It was uh, you know, better than, than I had imagined it would be, and, and I, I'm looking forward to going back one day. Good. Do you know what is nice? Is sometimes I, I forget because I live here, obviously. Um, is that there's so much variety of uh, landscape mm-hmm. and so much variety of landscape, and then also we have a lot of very strong cultural history too. As well, a lot of ancient castles and mm-hmm. buildings and churches. So for a visitor, it's very nice as long as you don't come here for the sunshine. Right. You know, I was not there for the sunshine. sunshine. 
That's great. So Joel got a chance to tour around the whole island, right? For the most well, part. Well, not not the whole thing. We we did, but we did put a, a good bit of uh, kilometers onto the the odometer. My favorite thing about uh, about Ireland was going to the Guinness storehouse and discovering Guinness beef stew. Ah, yes, yes, very nice. Is amazing, and in fact, there's a barbecue place here in my town that does these um, does this amazing uh, burnt ends of of, uh, of beef. And so they create their own burnt-in beef stew, uh, like every, like on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And now it's Wednesday, so I'm probably going to have to go there and get some today. But what's cool about it is, like, all you got to do is put some mashed potatoes on top of it, and it's almost like Guinness beef stew. Wow. Mm, so good. Did you, did, did you try the Guinness while you were here as well? I tried Guinness. And once I discovered Guinness beef stew, I had Guinness beef stew everywhere that I could. Wow in well, ireland i was like this is so good do you have beef uh you have a guinness beef stew yes you do yes well welcome to the bad guinness beef stew oh, yes, podcast <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about all things cultural in ireland but also to talk about the cryptos you are a co-founder and journalist at blockleaders.io so maybe tell us how did you get involved in the crypto space Oh my goodness! Do you want the long version or the short version? Well, give us give us the short version, and and then we'll get your state of you know your ideas on the current state of crypto. Okay. Well, the, the, this is I make it as short as I can, right? I've worked in fintech all my life. My first job was at J.P. Morgan after Trinity College. I was hard in the ground, and then I worked in Singapore and uh, Sydney, and I worked in London, um, and I came home here, and I was living here and working away in the fintech area. And then this is a bit of a personal history. What happened was that we bought a big house in the country, myself and my husband. And then we hit the recession and we had the recession and divorce at the same time. Never a good combination. So he went back to the UK, became bankrupt. I gave all the debt to myself and our two children. So I had a big house and no money. And my business was starting to crash because the divorce, oh, horrible, it's all personal, whatever. So I tried to sell the house, made a video and it went viral. And um, I got a cash offer of someone to buy the house at 500,000, but the mortgage was more than that. So the banks refused consent to sell and they preferred to repossess. And they sold it the following year for 165,000 euros. Ridiculous, because it was an eight bedroom, eight bathroom manor house, so it was crazy money. But in the midst of all that, the reason why that's important is that I discovered that the banks were shaming ordinary people, saying that people were gaming the system or this narrative that they were like, you know, you know all these banks use these terms like moral hazard and debt forgiveness. And like, I'm going, excuse me? And then people were starting to say that they thought that people were, were not paying their mortgage on purpose. And that wasn't the case at all. Most ordinary people would not risk the family home, you know, just because they're not going to pay the mortgage. What's that all about? So I got very agitated and very, I got became an accidental activist. And then I went through a whole rig of things. When I became, when the banks took my home, I had to go bankrupt myself here in Ireland. I was the first female bankrupt under the new laws. And then I realized that as a bankrupt, I wasn't allowed to run for public office because it was perceived this old law saying it was it was like somehow it was shameful to fail financially so at this stage because i'm starting to my, my that i was became quite famous i became the face of austerity in Ireland, if you like and i was on npr came and videoed me in al jazeera and russia today and i was going on about how the banks had to take responsibility not just the people um and then when i discovered i couldn't run i brought the irish government to the high court and the supreme court and i changed the law because it's my constitutional right to be infringed and then i ran for europe because that was the next election in 2014. And the reason why that's all important is that I had an ordinary life, you know, nice kids, everything happy, nice big house. And then I went belly up. And then I began to realize, I'm a slow burner, that 
this world is not very fair, is it? This is, this is wrong. People are, a lot of people were losing their lives in Ireland because they were being shamed that they, somehow their failure had been wrong. Anyway, that all happened and I could have activated. But when I finished the run for Europe, everything went very quiet. And I thought, well, how can I change the world? I don't like this world. There's, there's a lot of things that are wrong. 1%, only 83% of the world. How can I change it? And then I met blockchain two years ago. I went, aha! And all of a sudden, it, 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 I just went, I can see a way. This sounds so whatever, but to make the world a better place. I can see a way that we can change things. We can undo stuff. We can unthink things that have always been done. And, and look again at, at how we live our lives and how we expect them to live. And, and just, I just went, wow. Uh, it just blew me away. It blew me away. And, and I know it was also a crazy time of the ICOs. That was interesting too as well because I was going to resign to, you know, always being broke forevermore and that was it. But I thought, oh, I can actually make money again. That's nice too as well. So the whole combination, and, and most importantly, by the way, it's not just I could make money again, although that's a very nice thought that I could rejoin the human race and become a, you know, a tax-paying citizen and maybe, maybe even afford to buy something in the future. But other people can as well. And that's what I really like. It's a very inclusive the world that I look through through the blockchain, blockchain prism is a very inclusive world and a much nicer world. And I want to live in that world. That was quite short. Was that long? Was that short? No, that was great. That was great. So you've had quite a journey over the last 10 years or so. So, so what year was it again when you got into, the, into crypto? Uh, two years ago. It was uh, around this time, last two years, 2017. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. nice. So that's great. So now you're freelance writing for Irish Tech News. Uh, you also have what's your own radio show on Dublin City FM, and you also have an EOS uh, Ireland show. So you're you're busy. You're writing lots of content. You're creating lots of. You're interviewing lots of people. Actually, you interviewed me previously on your show. Yeah. Do you know what they say? That expression. It's an ill wind that blows no good. Hmm. I look back at the ten years that I had, and I was pretty miserable. A lot of it. You know, it's not nice having no money and banks taking hmm. your home, and then all that stuff. Have business collapse, bailiffs. It's not nice. But it gifted me something. It gifted me a new view in the world, which is interesting. And then when I met blockchain, I was able to take all my interests. And now, I mean, like I, I have two radio stations actually here in Ireland, one commercial and one community. And I do the podcast for, as I say, for EOS. And I write, I do a lot of writing and I adore writing. So all these things that I'm doing now, I mightn't have done them or I might have been, I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm all out there now. So I've, my, my career now is fantastic. And I also, I've been traveling the world, chairing and speaking at conferences. That's been so exciting. And so I'm just back from Malta. I had a great time there. And then I was in Cape Town earlier this year. And then before that, I was in Kiev and Oman and Sri Lanka and Amsterdam and London. So and at these blockchain conferences, meeting the most amazing people. Um, we're all bubbling with excitement. Mm, yeah. Those last two years have been amazing for you, huh? Do you know what? For us too. We've seen the same thing. It's been crazy. We started our show in July of 2017, and the journey that we've been on since then has just been amazing. So many great, not, not only so many great people that we get to meet, but so many great people who listen to the show that then we have a chance to meet them and the listeners. It's just, it's just so cool. Like life changed so dramatically with the cryptos in our world. Yeah. And, I say, and what I love about it too as well is that I realize now that my mission in life is not only to talk within the bubble, within the, the filter, is to go outside it. So I'm going to talk at any, any event, you know, Irish Country Women's Association, I don't care, to, to talk about blockchain because it's too important for it to be, you know, for it not to succeed. And um, so I'm going to widen my net now. I'm, I'm, I mean, I know my friends, oh, I don't go on about blockchain. I'm going, no, 
very important, very important, really, really. <laughs> they'll, they'll get there eventually. They'll yeah. get there. Um, we're going to link in the show notes to your blog because you can actually go there, thejilliangodsell.com, and see all kinds of interesting content, including the diary of you know being bankrupt and recovering from that. And also, I'm not sure I... I know what this is but you have thinking woman's erotica is that like <laughs> blockchain turns me on so much i mean i i don't i don't that's a I different kind of it's a different kind of chain yeah, yeah well actually in 2013 when i was so broke and i had no money and i was on the dole welfare state thank the lord for the welfare but it was only i was 180 euros a week and that was for myself and my two kids you know so i had so little money and el james was making a fortune so i said all right um, uh, uh, erotica but it's really interesting it's a trilogy of, of, of erotica but it's feminist and it's funny and it's activist so if you want to know what happened in Ireland during the the the, uh, the crash here the post-Celtic tiger you buy the crypto uh, the um, well I changed that I called it originally um, oh, what did I call it the Cougar Diaries part one and two and three wow. and I changed I <laughs> guess why it turns up there. and then I changed it to um, uh, Confessions of a Cryptomaniac and I, I'm rewriting with Bitcoin and blockchain. So, yeah. so, so people, men are like, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, <laughs> bad coin. And you're like, <laughs> talk bad coin to me, baby. Uh, so you are, you actually have. Uh, really built a name for yourself in the, the crypto space. You've been shortlisted for uh, Image Businesswoman of the Year, for Woman of the Year by Women in IT. You are chairing blockchain events and speaking and keynoting, and your life has changed dramatically. And one of your missions is to help get more women into blockchain because blockchain needs the gifts and talents that women bring. Talk about that a little bit. You know, I often start my talks by saying, for the first time in my career, my gender and my age is a positive. You know, I'm a woman and I'm 54 years of age and it is a positive thing. And ordinarily, I mean, I know when I was 50 before I met blockchain, I wrote an article because I couldn't get any work after the uh, elections and all the rest. I couldn't get any work. And I was going, I'm invisible. And women often find that they become invisible at 50. You know, either children have left the nest or they're whatever they're, they're, they become invisible. It's a mad, it's it's a known known phenomenon, if you like. Um, and now, but now I discover because blockchain needs women, um, my age is actually positive, which is a great thing. But more, even more importantly than that, I do believe that women should get involved because there's about four or five percent of women in blockchain. And I think part of the reason is that women tend to be more risk adverse, and so they hear all the noise about the Ponzi stuff and the you know the you know all that sort of dark net so they get worried and they don't go into it um, but it's too important a technology for women not to be there if someone said if the Lehman brothers had been the, the Lehman sisters we mightn't have had all this kerfuffle you know uh, so, uh, it's, it's, it's not that, that women are inherently better than men although I do give a speech that's very funny so they make it very cross and little but it's just we, we need we need we are 51% of the world's population so we need to be represented in this very important because just for the for the thinking because what I love about this industry is that Apart from being terribly exciting, there is a huge undercurrent of wanting to make the world a better place. It's a very strong ethos, positive ethos in this industry. And um, I'd like to see that nurtured. And I think women can help nurture and, and make sure that the, the, the FOMO stuff and the Lambos and To The Moon are secondary imports. I mean, I've no problem with people wanting to make money, but let's make money in an ethical way. Do they make pink Lambos? I wonder. I don't know. Right. I just paint them. Yeah. I don't know. My, my car is a very old 17-year-old car. So, mm, 
diesel. I know diesel's not any good these days. <laughs> right, the engines on the diesel. Uh, yeah. By the way, you get five bonus points for using the word kerfuffle. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I wish I had some, had planned some other funny words to use. <laughs> well, you can exchange those points in for nothing, really. Right. Yeah. Well, that's they're, okay they're too. Worthless, they're worthless bad crypto points. That's yeah. great. That's so, cool. so you are you have been named the crypto queen. Uh, as well as uh, 50, one of the top 50 most influential women in global blockchain. That's, that's amazing. From, from your story that you just told us, from going from bankruptcy and then, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, gaining global influence from your cottage in good boy Ireland. Like, congrats on that. That's freaking awesome. I, I love well, you know, I'm so lucky because I really thought my life was over. After the election, I thought I've, I've done my bid. I did a pure heart run. It was for to help people to remove the shame and stigma of financial failure. I was very happy that I did it. I know I helped other people. Um, so I'm very, very happy with that. But then how lucky I am to have discovered blockchain and to discover it early as well. I mean, like just, to, I mean, I know I'm not terribly early, but, but to, be, and to be able then to use that. And it's, I'm so lucky. You know, I really, and I'm lucky that I had the crap 10 years because if I had the crap 10 years, I mightn't have recognized the possibilities of blockchain you know i might have gone yeah yeah it's interesting it's interesting you know yeah. so I'm, I'm very how, can we, how can we get other women in mass to understand blockchain and crypto because i've seen all these reports i've read i've read i've done extensive research into retail and you know women hold the the literally hold the purse strings in most relationships most marriages right they are a driving force when it comes to you know, consumption of goods and buying things worldwide. But when you go to these conferences, they're like 95% dudes, right? That's maybe, maybe it's an overshot. I think maybe it's not 85% dudes, right? And so how, what is that, what is that watershed moment going to be to get more women on? Is it going to be the new Facebook coin? What is it that's going to to help, help women go, ah, blockchain and, and kind of take the path that you've taken? Yeah, I, mm, good question. Um, I definitely think that Facebook, although we have those of us in this crypto world, but I'm not probably terribly fond of Facebook in, in general. I mean, it has pros and cons. It will help. And I think what I'm, what I'm trying to do personally myself is is get, putting myself out there and trying to do all these talks. And I gave a talk in the uh, we had a blockchain summit in Dublin uh, a couple of weeks ago during block, uh, Blockchain Ireland Week. And I was quoting the new book by Caroline Credo Praise. She is a, an English woman who uh, a feminist, very interesting, but she was talking about invisible women and how things like um, like medical studies are all done on men, uh, things like toilets. You know, there's always a line of women outside the toilet and the people say, you know, at a, at a public event, whatever, oh, the women, they're all, they're all doing their makeup, that's why they're taking so long. Eh, they're not. They're, they should, there should be two and a half times as many toilets for women as there are for men, purely for practical reasons. Women do not have a penis. So it takes them longer to get to go to the toilet, basically. And they often their carers, they often bring their children or their aged people. So the world has been has been created by men for men. And with very little, like I say, the medicines, all those um, medical drugs that have been trialed for, you know, for heart conditions, for anything, any diseases, they're mostly done on men. So that creates, and women, women are different, like car seats. Car seats are not designed for women. And although more men are involved in crashes than women, women statistically have a greater chance of being injured because car seats are not really designed for our bodies. We're different than men. But, but you know what they do design for women is those shoes. I mean, could you imagine us trying to walk around in those torture devices that you women wear? Well, that's a very good point because 
if we didn't have them, maybe I, mm, I think that's more of a culture thing. But they, so if, they look good. So we, we like to look at women. Okay. Where, and I must confess, men in heels don't do it for me. Yeah, I'm homeo-fashioned. I'm yeah. old-fashioned. I think the poll quote for the image for this episode, or maybe the title of this episode, should be Men Have a Penis, since... You yeah, know. yeah. I'm, it's, I'm stating the obvious here. But well, you know, what's, you know what's great about crypto conferences is that there's no line for women's bathroom. That's very true. That's, that's one benefit. That could be a selling point. Hey, ladies, blockchain, come to this conference. Online, no waiting. There'll be no lines in the, <laughs> in the Well, great. let's talk a little bit about what's happening locally. You know, as you ran for, uh, you know, uh, a government seat there, you're obviously a blockchain proponent. What's the status of, uh, you know, blockchain in Ireland? Okay. Well, I have to say by comparison, just take a step backwards. When I was in Malta a few weeks ago, very impressed by Malta. Malta, they want to be the blockchain island. They are doing everything. They had government ministers all over the conference. A lot of very positivity. It's the, it's, I'm very impressed with that island. It's really tiny. The tiny, it's like 400,000 people live there and have an influx of 3 million during the, the tourist season. Whatever. But Ireland, going to Ireland, we are getting there. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but Ireland has been very clever in terms of attracting uh, fintech companies. We've got nine out of the top fintech companies headquartered here. So we've got Facebook and Google and Airbnb and Salesforce and Twitter. You, you name it, they're here. We also like, have nine out of the top pharma companies headquartered here. So the government's been very, very bright at attracting multinationals to come here. And, and also there's other benefits too as well. We, we have marketed ourselves as um, a young population, I think we're getting old now, but, but we're English speaking, uh, highly educated. And once Brexit goes through, we'll be the only native English speakers in the EU. So there's a lot of things about, we're only a tiny island and only 4 million people in the South. So we are very advanced in some ways. With blockchain, it's a little bit slower, a bit slower. It's, uh, we did have our first blockchain Ireland week uh, in May. That was very successful. Over 50 um, events took place. Again, one criticism about the government was they were at their own event, but they didn't attend the other events. So it's a little bit, not as fast as we would like it, um, but it's definitely, it's, it's ramping up. I mean, I think that blockchain on week, we actually made it into the mainstream papers. And without being, you know, dark, dark web or anything like that. That's it, because I'm also a freelance journalist and I've written for the main broadsheets here. But I can't get them to take articles from me on blockchain. They, 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 they just say, no, it's a Ponzi scheme. I go, no, no, it's a technology. Yeah, it's a technology. And a lot of these old world sort of organizations, you know, the, the way of banking has always worked for them. And so this whole idea of digital assets is, is hard for them to comprehend. But what I always say to them is, you know, about only one, one and a half percent of all actual money is printed in paper the rest of it is already digital money but it's yeah. controlled by these centralized bankers who don't have our best interests yeah. at heart this right here allows us all to be a banker people yeah. a lot of people think oh well it's backed by gold from the leprechaun at the end of the rainbow they use that gold to make the, the to, to make the doubloons but they yeah. don't and people once people realize that that it's all you know magical internet money even the real currency is i mean here it is. You can print out a $100 bill in America for $0.06, cents, and then you can deposit that $100 bill in the bank, and then the bank can loan it out 10 times. And so, like, that $0.06 cents essentially created $1,000. But not only that, then they loan it all out, and then, then they get paid interest back on money that never even existed that originally cost them $0.06. Cents. Like, it's just mind-blowing to me how 
the original system is set up. And once people truly understand it, they go, wow, are you serious? Like, what? Like, they don't get it. And so I love it when people do get it. And like people who are in the crypto space get it. And it's exciting to us that, that, that are. Mm. I've had those conversations. Again, the gold standard. I'm going, excuse me, do a bit of history here. You know, it was uh, Nixon decoupled it in the 70s. But prior to that, it was all uh, the, after the Bretton Woods Agreement when all uh, the countries basically gave all the gold to the U.S. And that's why the Charles de Gaulle argued he said it was the, the exorbitant privilege of the Americans to print a hundred euro note, but the French had to earn a hundred hundred bucks. So mm-hmm. I mean, and then also we look at quantitative easing. I mean, that's, that's counterfeiting. And oh then, yeah, and let's just you, turn the printing presses on, you guys. Yeah, they're still on. I'm going. Do you, do you not think our own money is funny money? I think Tim Draper recently gave a comment, and he was very clever. They were asking, who's going to win? I'm not saying it's necessarily a battle in that sense, but he said, fiat is controlled by government and bureaucracy, bureaucrats. And whereas all the crypto space, it's the brightest, smartest brains in the world are active in that space. Where would you put your money, literally? And he's right, because you know these, the, the, the energy and the intelligence and the innovation is all in crypto. So we're going to win. We're going to win. <laughs> I mean, very. Katie Taylor, our uh, lightweight uh, boxer. I don't know if you know her or not. She's just won another belt. She's actually the undisputed lightweight boxer, female boxer in the world. So I'm being very pugilistic today. Ooh, do I get a point for that word? Uh, yes, you do. Pugilistic is a fantastic word. Uh, I don't know that it's ever been used on the show before. I think we should have somebody go through wow. all the episodes, Travis. Right? Said pugilistic? Nobody's ever said pugilistic. Cross I'm going to give you 10 points for that and the kerfuffle. <laughs> 10 points and one worthless bad coin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Thank you. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, just as we, we get ready to close out today, I'm curious, what else has really got your attention right now in the crypto space? What are you super excited about? Tokenization. That's one thing. And especially property. And that's uh, of interest to me because... Um, when the banks took my home and took everything, uh, so I, I still have nothing. And um, so for me to get, I, I need to buy some land. We've got some rescue horses, never have rescue horses. You know, how do I do that? Because I'm now 54. I've had my own business the last two years since bankruptcy. But I need to, to borrow money. You need to have like a, a five-year accounts of your company. And um, I'm kind of modestly earning at the moment too as well. So, and then I'll be nearly 60. What bank is going to lend me money? So how can I buy property? But maybe with tokenization, I can. You know, so there's all these different things that are happening that are, are reef. Because I mean, I go around the world saying about the unbanked and how terrible it is, blah, blah, blah. And then I went, oh, I'm unbanked. I mean, I have a physical bank account, but I can't borrow money. You know what I'm going? I, I could repay money, but I can't borrow money. The thing that I'm focusing on now is where the two worlds are going to merge. You know, so will tokenization of property maybe be able to help? And also, what I want to do, I'm getting involved, hopefully, over the summer with a project that will help build affordable housing here in Ireland, a major project. But that would be amazing to, to turn full circle. And yes, help. I want to help myself and my kids. Of course I do. But to help other people, wouldn't that be amazing? That would be like, wow. And saying that there is a different way of doing stuff, folks. You know, we, we can do things differently and better. Mm, absolutely. That's great. Um, second chances, you know what I mean? Like we're all, we're all in, you know, it's good to, you know, <clears throat> we don't always get it right the first time. So it's nice when uh, society allows for uh, some redemption. Um, tell us a bit about the EOS stuff that you're doing, and have you ho- have you heard of Morty's yet? <laughs> well, I seen the, the 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 cartoon series or the TV series. 
<laughs> well, yes. Yes. Okay. And. <laughs> okay. So now, what's Morty's doing? What is Morty's? Well, we have a, uh, a friend who's uh, been on the show before. His name's Kurt Braggett. He's an EOS developer, and he's working on some really significant projects. But out of his uh, rear end, he pulled this project to uh, to celebrate Morty's. Yes, it was very much like that. To celebrate Morty's, and he created um, Morty's dollars, basically, Morty's tokens. Uh, he minted 10 trillion of them, and he has this vision of it being the Dogecoin of the EOS platform and the way that you earn uh, Morty's are by being bribed to do something. And he's got a telegram already set up with 314 members that are bribing others. It's uh, Morty, uh, t.me forward slash Morty's token. And he calls it an intergalactic parallel universe compatible cryptocurrency meant for virtual world in-game, assassination markets, shielding Rick-like beings, virtualized hijinks, and various other stupid shit. That's what it says. Wow. Could I, could I put a hit on my ex-husband? <laughs> well, virtual, in-game, it says. So we do not uh, encourage or discourage. No, we do not encourage that. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun joke coin. Wow. He bribed us to talk about it. So now we have a stack of worthless Morty's tokens. And, uh, I was talking to him because I was trying to launch, because I've got these rescue horses. I was going to launch a, a rescue horse coiny thing. I must talk to your friend, Kurt. But I should actually put that. He's super wanna... EOS guy. So if, you, if you're doing EOS love... stuff, you definitely yeah. need to chat with him. We'll make a connection. Because I, I, well, I would love to in, 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 introduce, because I was going to say too, as well, I work with EOS Dublin here with Sharif uh, Bukhtala. Yeah. I don't know if you know him or not. Amazing guy. And interesting, like the, the, I, I love the EOS community because it's a very, it's a nice community. It's an, you know like a layer within a layer. It's very nice. But they're launching uh, next month a thing called Europe Chain. And it's with five, there's five block producers in, uh, in the EU. And they're launching a GDPR compliant blockchain. No, that's interesting. That so it's appeal to enterprises. And they can, the enterprises can build on this blockchain. It's GDPR compliant, AML5 compliant. Mm-hmm. And they can bill in, in like, in, they can invoice in fiat. Takes the risk away. Mm. This is fascinating. Very good. What do you think about voice having that being on oh. the EOS platform? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? And do you know anybody over there? Because we'd like to get so we'd like to get early access there to start building up. Well, I've signed up for the beta, but I, I don't. Sadly, I don't as yet know anybody in there. But I'm very excited by it because yeah, we we probably won't get in because we're both alphas. So yeah. that's true. We got to wait. We're not beta males. Beta's over. Yeah, we don't we don't drink soy, so not <laughs> I only drink almond milk. <laughs> and you're not vegetarian, obviously, or vegan. What What do you mean, obviously? Only because Travis eats beef stew the whole time. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, don't don't miss uh, nutritionalize me or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> miss, miss diet me. Uh, Jillian Godsell, the website JillianGodsell.com, Humans of Blockchain, all the links in the show notes. Go check out what Jillian is up to because obviously there are shenanigans involved and some big words as well. So you're guaranteed to uh, expand your vocabulary by spending time with her. Jillian, thanks so much. Thank you. And I wish I brought more words with me. I'm really sorry. I should have looked at the, at the uh, a dictionary before I came. Yes, next time come equipped with a dictionary and a thesaurus, please. I will, absolutely. I'll, I will use um, serendipity to make sure I have the most beautiful words. Is that a good word? I like serendipity, too. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Sarah's great.
<laughs> but dippy. And thanks again, Jillian. We appreciate you, and you would be welcome back with your delightful Irish accent and your super smart brain at any time. What a great, what a great story about how you know she was sort of down and out, and and had gone through some bankruptcy stuff and challenging, you know, relationship stuff, and then she rebounded amazingly well over the past couple of years. Found a new niche for herself and is having a great impact on the world. That was that's that's, that's very and inspiring. She didn't re- Rebound, you know, she just rebound. Like right. rebounding is when you pitch a fit and bounce back. She didn't. She didn't do okay. that though. And there's a lot of links to. You're going to want to read more about her. There's actually a story about life after bankruptcy and um, you know couch surfing and this lifestyle she had. She's been featured in the Irish Times and the UK in mm-hmm. uh, the Independent publication. Go to our show notes at badco.in forward slash 284 and see all the links we've got there because this story goes deeper. Do you believe in life after bankruptcy? I believe I... <laughs> who was that? Who, who are you trying to be? <laughs> was it share song? Oh, gosh. Why, really? Really? I mean, I started this episode with a reference to the gods of progressive rock, King Crimson, and you're going to throw Cher in there? Well, yeah, you started it. You started it good. I ended it bad. Well, I mean, speaking of, she's one of those. She is one of those nutballs. Her, uh, Bette Midler, that are, they just say insane stuff. Yeah, they've been indoctrinated with Hollywood stuff for so many. It's like, I don't even fault people. They don't even, well, I don't. It's like, this is the indoctrination that they've had. Maybe someday that they'll see the light. Maybe they won't. I don't know. I'm not necessarily worried about it. Um, I wish them well. I wish everyone well. That's the difference is I've noticed is people who freak out on one side of the aisle, they want to ban everything. People on the other side of the aisle are like, hey, live and let live. Things on one side of the aisle, they go, oh my God. I don't like this. You can't watch this. We need to ban this. The other people are like, eh, I don't like it. I'm just not going to watch it. So, I mean, some people are chill. Some people are not chill. But you know what? I love everyone. I got nothing but love for everyone out there. And uh, you know what? I wish everybody would get along because, you know, the the way society is set up now and the way the media fuels things, they're, they're trying to divide us. So you need to fight against that division and stay together one another. All we are saying is give Bitcoin a chance. Love that's what that's another. what Lenin would have been saying today. He would be like, "Oh, do a do a Lenin accent and talk about how much you love Bitcoin." I love I love Bitcoin. I tell you, I, I, I saw I, you know just the other day. Actually, I'm not going to do that accent, but I did see the the movie yesterday. I want to go um, see that. Yeah, you told me about it. You should go see it. It's pretty interesting. <clears throat> and there is a so somehow <clears throat> something happens and there's like a timeline shift. Right. All the electricity goes out and then everybody has never heard of the Beatles. People have never heard of Coca-Cola. They've never heard of Harry Potter and other stuff. But some things they have, some things they haven't. So since imagine since the Beatles never existed, John Lennon never got killed. Right. And so it's just a weird, interesting timeline of what's going on. So if you like the Beatles, you know, I would say that's a fun movie to go check out. I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but it's pretty fun. Totally. Yeah. Fab. Stay fab. That's it's the Fab Christo Crypto Podcast. Christo? <laughs> Fab yeah. Christo? It's the Fab Crisco. Hey, really thanks like for it. listening, everybody. It sounds kind of oily over there. I'm not sure what, what's up with that. Yeah. Hey, would you please take a moment, go review the show, and indoctrinate a friend. Tell them about bad crypto. <laughs>
What are you laughing at? We just made we just made some political commentary. Now go leave us a review, and they're gonna go these damn these damn people and their political commentary. I hate them. I used to love them, but now I hate them. Re. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you guys on the flip, bitty flops. Stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.